0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. Welcome to the Everything USC podcast on Believe. The place to find a sports and pop culture show for passionate fan bases across multiple platforms. This is Believe. Every team, every topic, everywhere. I'm your host, Nara Wang. And... In episode 83, Brian Jones, CBS Sports College Football Studio analyst, and my NFL Europe colleague from back in the day is my guest (laughs) to go over the Trojans' season opening win over San Jose State and preview the matchup with Nevada. BJ, it is so good to have you on the Everything USC podcast.
0: Naira, my
1: man, it's been a long, long friendship, dude. Glad to be with you. And of course, if you enjoy listening to the show, you can subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, TuneIn, and so many more, or go right to our website, believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Network. For me, you can find me on X, or Twitter, or whatever you want to call it, at Narawang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. BJ, if the people want to catch up with you, and what's going on, where do they find you?
0: Hey, man, they can find me, as you said, on CBS Sports Network and CBS proper. And uh, we've got me on the Twitter at uh and for Mo. That's J-O-N-E-S the number four M-O. And that's uh, my IG uh, handle as well
1: the everything usc podcast is brought to you by bet online which is your number one source for all your betting needs get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for baseball boxing golf and more bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. I was a part of the announced crowd of 63,411 people at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum last Saturday to witness the season opener for USC football against San Jose State a 56-28 victory for the Trojans. Along with most of the others in attendance, though, I found it disconcerting to see SE only lead 21-14 at halftime and have the Spartans stay within two touchdowns of the Trojans deep into the third quarter. Despite a slow start, the offense did its thing, racking up 501 yards of total offense. The returning Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, was his usual efficient self, completing 18 of 25 passes to 12 different receivers for 278 yards and four touchdowns. Taj Washington was the leader in yardage of the receivers. He had two catches for 85 yards, but 76 of them came on the long TD pass after the botched snap that Caleb Williams picked up off the ground and just flung in the air to Washington for the TD. Dorian Singer, the Arizona transfer, in his Trojans debut, four catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Austin Jones, the running back, had six carries, 54 yards, and two touchdowns. The South Carolina transfer running back Marshawn Lloyd, nine carries, 42 yards in his Trojans debut. But the star of the game, true freshman Zachariah Branch, four catches, 58 yards, a touchdown, one run for 12 yards, three punt returns for 66 yards, and an electrifying 96-yard kickoff return touchdown In the third quarter, that helped the Trojans pull away from San Jose State a total of 232 all-purpose yards in one of the great performances by a true freshman in his first game. The last true freshman for SC to have a kickoff return touchdown was Adoree Jackson back in 2014, and also the last USC player to have a kickoff return touchdown and receiving touchdown in the same game was Jackson against Notre Dame in 2016. So, Brian Jones, was that a star-making performance by Branch right out of the gate? He announced himself to the
0: college football world. It was electric. It was Reggie Bush-esque. The dude uh, is bad to the bone. He's not that huge, but you don't have to be when they can't lay a glove on you. And coming out of Nevada, I'm not surprised that Lincoln Riley has dipped back into that big pool of talent. When he was at Oklahoma, Prior to him, uh, Bob Stoops, they got a ton of excellent players, outstanding players from Bishop Gorman there in, in the Nevada area. And once again, uh, Lincoln Riley has gone back and found a jewel in this branch kid. That was electrifying.
1: Overall, how do you think that Trojans offense looked in game number one?
0: Outstanding, and especially when you have Caleb Williams, a reigning Heisman Trophy winner leading the charge. And you mentioned that Fumbled, bobbled, snap, and right out the gate, here's a guy with a Heisman Trophy moment to pick that up with a defender bearing down on him, hitting him as he throws, and it goes for 60, 70 yards and a touchdown. That's the offense and the, the antics, uh, that we've, uh, come to expect from Caleb Williams since he announced himself to the world against my Texas Longhorns a couple of years ago in the big Texas Oklahoma shootout
1: yeah the longest TD pass of Kayla Williams career was that 76 yarder to Taj Washington however there's always a flip side to things the (laughs) defense for USC came in much maligned after their performance last year especially down the stretch and they were less than satisfactory in my opinion only one sack Didn't force any turnovers, allowed 396 yards of total offense to San Jose State, six yards per play. I mean, Jalen Smith, eight tackles to lead the way. Mason Cobb, six tackles to him for loss, but nothing really outstanding. They allowed the Spartans quarterback, Shevin Cordero, to throw for 198 yards and three touchdowns, all to converted quarterback Nick Nash, who had six catches for 89 yards. And Cordera also ran for 52 yards on 10 carries, and that includes a 22-yard loss on the one sack. So he actually had more than that just running. Qualley Conley, the backup running back, six carries, 108 yards. I mean, did you feel that USC's defense showed any improvement from last season? It's still a
0: work in progress. Uh, watching the game film... There were some first-game uh, breakdowns that you, you usually get. There were some missed tackles in there. Uh, they threw the freshman, uh, I believe he's a true freshman, the uh, 25, is it? Tackett Curtis. Tackett Curtis, yep. Yes, and he just had poor gap integrity. He's supposed to stay outside. He runs inside, and the running back uh, runs through that boarded area for about you know, 15, 20 yards. So everything that I witnessed on film is correctable. And so when you get in those first games, and let's give San Jose State some credit. They've got some ballers. You know, they give scholarships, too. And and they knew going in that was going to be an uphill climb against USC on their turf. And they came to play. And this Cordero kid is solid, if not better than solid. And he has some drops on his end. So that was a worthy first opponent. And if you're going to make mistakes, which surely SC was guilty of in this first installment, you want to do it by winning. And they won, so now they can go back and, and correct all those mistakes. I think there was a drop interception as well, but that was a, a a positive game from the standpoint they won. It's easier to correct those mistakes. I thought Mason Cobb was all over the field. He he looked as though he'd been playing in that system forever, just a heady football IQ guy, and and following the the motion of backs when when things change there at the line of scrimmage, and I thought he was. Very, very physical. He was the second play of the game, man. He just bowls over the blocking running back. And the Lucas kid, he stood out to me too, uh, number six, I believe. He's a big, tall, lanky kid, and I think he has a very, very bright future. Bear Alexander, the transfer from Georgia, disrupted, and it may not have shown up in the stat line, but they look pretty good as far as their athleticism and and understanding what was being asked of them. They just got to get better become much better sure tacklers, understand your gap responsibilities. And when you're a true freshman, man, that happens. You get out there under the bright lights, dude. I was one. And I can't tell you how many tackles I missed or missed assignments I had. But luckily, you know, coaches still believed in me because they there's a reason why they recruit guys such as me and such as Mr. Curtis because they believe we could play. So he'll grow from those mistakes and learn. But you're right, Nara. You know, last year, I believe, SC ended the season. on average, allowing about 29 points a game. They gave up 28 in this one. Last year, the last two games, what was it, 46 and 47 points to Utah and, and Tulane in and, and, and the Pac-12 championship game and the Cotton Bowl. I think they had four such games last season where they, they gave up over 40 points and a couple more where the opponents were in the 30s. So they need to definitely get better. You know, it's one thing to say what I've just said, that these things are correctable. Well, now you need to go correct them. But if you continue to see similar mistakes and if you continue to see this defense not improve, there's a concern there. And we've witnessed in recent history, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but we've witnessed at Minnesota, we witnessed uh Connecticut last year. They lost their defense coordinator right before the season and Jim Moore took over and they knocked about thirteen points off the uh points allowed from the, the previous season. Minnesota, Joe Rossi Came on, I believe, midseason a couple of years ago, and, and they've never looked back. That defense has been playing lights out. And and even, you know, in conference, uh, they're in the Pac 12, soon to be the Pac 4, or maybe Pac 2, or ma- maybe Pac none, who knows? But Oregon State, they did a similar, made a similar change on the defensive side of the ball two seasons ago as well, and it's worked out for them. So I think it's way too soon. Let's see what happens in this Nevada ball game, and obviously when you get to the the bigger games on the schedule, if there hasn't been any improvement, yeah, I think uh, there's going to be a very, a lot of people uh, saying uh, we need to make a change, as they are now, but I think it's too early one game into the season.
1: One thing that was really noticeable watching was that occasionally they would get some pressure up the middle, but the lack of contain and letting guys get outside was a problem throughout, and... Lucas, you mentioned the Texas A&M transfer did have a couple of tackles for loss and Bear Alexander shared the sack with Solomon Bird. So decent performances, but you want to see more out of defense. So after this one game, where do you feel the Trojans fit among the national title contenders? With that offense,
0: as we see today, and Caleb Williams, I feel as though they can play with anyone. Now you have the special teams that is a huge component of your team, as it should be all the time. But when you have a talent such as this branch, and I know that that's a small sample size, but what an impressive sample size from the young man that gives opponents a lot to worry about. Lincoln Riley comes as advertised an offensive genius. He's going to draw up some plays to beat anybody in the country. It always comes down to the defensive side of the ball. That's going to be the key. And that was the key when he was at Oklahoma, even though they were beating my horns on the regular, winning the Big 12 championship on the regular, what did they do once they got on the national scene in the college football playoffs? Offers. Oh so uh, offensively, they can get there, but defense is going to rule the roost. You got to get better on that side of the ball.
1: This is the Everything USC podcast. I'm Nara Wang. I'm joined today by the CBS Sports College Football studio analyst and former Texas Longhorns and UCLA Bruin linebacker Brian Jones. You can, of course, find this show wherever you get your favorite podcast. Subscribe, download, and rate it. And you can always go to the website Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Believe Network to find this show and so many others. For me, I'm on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at Naro Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Brian, where do the people find you? They find me on the Twitter at Jones and Promote
0: J O N E S N number four M O. That's my IG handle as well. What's up, everybody? Loaf Tupu, two-time national champion at USC and former All-Pro linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks. You're listening to the Believe in Everything USC podcast with Nara Wang. Fight on!
1: Now we're gonna take a look ahead to this Saturday's game against Nevada, three 330- thirty. PM Pacific start. It'll be on the Pac 12 network again. And of course, on the Trojans radio network, flagship station KABC, 790 AM. The Wolf Pack playing their first game of the season. They come off of a 2 and 10 season last year, went winless 0 and 8 in the Mountain West. Ken Wilson entering his second season as the head coach. He was a longtime defensive assistant coach at Nevada who was also Most recently in the Pac-12 as an assistant at Washington State and Oregon prior to getting the head job with the Wolf Pack last season. USC leads the all-time series 5-0, but the last game took place way back. November 9th, 1929, a 66-0 USC shutout win, and this game is actually the celebration of the 100th anniversary of the third meeting between these teams back in October of 1923. Which was only the second collegiate varsity football game ever played at the LA Memorial Coliseum, a 33 0 USC shutout that day. And that was just one week after playing Pomona in the first college game at the Coliseum. So, a lot of history here for this matchup against Nevada. And some of the notable players for the Wolfpack offense fourth year sophomore quarterback Brendan Lewis, a transfer from Colorado, is expected to be the starter. He started all 12 games back in 2021 for the Buffaloes and the season opener last year against TCU, but only played one other game last year and entered the transfer portal midseason. Back in that 21 season against USC, he went 10 17, 162 yards, one touchdown, one interception, got sacked five times. At the running back position, a couple of transfers from the Pac 12 are expected to make an impact. Fourth year junior Sean Dollars, a former modern day high school, Prospect. He had 188 rushing yards, a touchdown, and 143 yards receiving last season for the Ducks. Back in the 2020 pandemic Pac 12 championship game win for the Ducks against USC, he had seven carries for 52 yards. Ashton Hayes, a sophomore transfer from Cal, also in the mix there in the backfield. And at the wide receiver position, a couple of names people might recognize fifth year wide receiver. John Jackson III, a transfer from SE, the son of the Trojan great receiver John Jackson Jr., and freshman wide receiver Nate Burleson II. Now everyone knows him on TV with CBS, but back in the day, Nate Burleson was a Nevada and NFL wide receiver, and also Nate Burleson II's mom was a former Wolfpack track star, the former Atoya Shaw, so... Some good bloodlines there for Nevada (laughs) at the wide receiver position. Their key loss on offense, running back Toa Tawa led the team with 911 rush yards, had 11 touchdowns on the ground and added 41 catches, 293 yards in the air and a touchdown catch as well. On the other side of the ball, redshirt sophomore linebacker Drew Watts, who played his high school football at Sierra Canyon here in SoCal. He's the leading returning tackler, 57 tackles, 9 for loss, 3 sacks, and an interception last year. 2022 All-Mountain West Honorable Mention. They've got a 6-year defensive back, Jaden Dedman, who had 50 tackles, 3.5 for loss, and a sack, and 8 pass breakups in 2022. And a former USC player, 6-year linebacker Elijah Winston, had 14 tackles, 2 sacks, and a pick for the Wolfpack last year. Their big loss on defense. DB Bentley Sanders, who led the team in tackles, interceptions, and forced fumbles last season. So, BJ, does Nevada see what San Jose State did last week and think they might be able to hang with the number sixth ranked Trojans for a little bit, or can SC lay the hammer down from the very beginning of the game?
0: Well, what Nevada is, is hoping that they can build upon a, two, a lousy 2 and 10 season with you know, Coach Wilson now his second year there, and hopefully. His schemes and concepts, offensively and defensively, have set in. That's what he's seeking is growth. And I know he brought in some uh, transfers. You, you mentioned Brendan Lewis. You got the other kid that was at Oklahoma State, Illingsworth. And, man, they may have the tallest quarterbacks in college football. I think last year's quarterback was, what, 6'9", 6'10". <laughs> uh, so uh, he likes some tall cats. stuff. They've got to get better. And the transfers he brought in is going to help in that regard. You mentioned uh, Sean Dollars the running back transfer from Oregon, where Wilson was prior to taking over this gig. And so if they can get the running game going, take some pressure off of these quarterbacks, they'll be happy with that outcome and, and defensively. You mentioned the former Trojan, I believe, Elijah Winston. He's on that side of the ball, and, and some others have come to join the foe as transfer. So they've got to worry about what they do. That being said, how can you not lay your head down at night and not concern yourself with uh, Caleb Williams and and all of his magical abilities. So uh, And now you you, you factor in this branch kid. So they're just looking to see some progress. Uh, They're at Nevada, and and they would love to knock off a major contender for the national title in in USC. But uh, all coaches will tell you the biggest jump is from week one to week two, if you have a good team. And I think you're going to see the Trojans play better. I think you will see that those young guys who got some run and, and may not have had the ideal performance, they've gotten their, their feet wet. And so they have an understanding of what this particular landscape entails. It's one thing to to see it on TV and to practice against your guys. But when that different color jersey is out there and, and they're coming for blood, uh, it's a whole nother deal. So I, I think SC will look better. Nevada will probably look better, but they're not going to have enough for this Trojan team.
1: Yeah, I think it definitely helps the Trojans that they've already had a game under their belt, and it'll be the season opener for Nevada. So let's get right to it. The prediction segment, everyone loves it. Let's go over what happened last week when I had on former Trojans offensive lineman and NFL Super Bowl champion Derek Dees. the players that we believed in, and again, this year, I've made the stipulation, no one is allowed to pick Caleb Williams, because that's just too easy a pick. He's a guy we believe in every week. So I took Taj Washington. Derek Deese went with his former teammate's son, Brendan Rice. So I took the win there, because Washington had the two catches, 85 yards, to lead the team and the touchdown. Rice with just the one catch. It did go for a touchdown, but just 12 yards. In the game score, I had it 55-17. Derek a little bit lower scoring, 52-14. So basically it came down to, would it be higher scoring or lower scoring? And since it was higher scoring, and neither of us had them not covering the spread, so I'll take the win there with the higher Mm. scoring pick. And then in the prop bet, Nara's no doubter was that there would be a defensive or special teams touchdown scored. Uh I picked that for the (laughs) third straight year, and the third straight year I've been right. This time, thanks to Zachariah Branch's kickoff return touchdown. Derek's double down with the Deecer was that USC would have at least four sacks in the game. And of course, they Mm. only had one. So a sweep for me in week one, three nothing over Derek Dees. And so now Brian Jones and I are going to make some predictions, beginning with the players we believe in. This week, I'm taking a risk. I'm going on the defensive side of the ball. I love the second team preseason All-American safety, Kalen Bullock, to have a big game. So Bullock is the player I believe in for the second game for the Trojans. Brian Jones, who are you picking as the player you believe in on the Trojans?
0: Mason Cobb. And here's the, going back to our conversation earlier about the defense and the struggles. Anytime when you look at the top five tacklers and four of them are DBs, that's not good. You need some backers in there. Mason Cobb, he was in there last week as one of the top tacklers. He will be again. So I'm going to take Mason Cobb. i watching this guy play when he was in the Big 12. He's an excellent linebacker, outstanding linebacker. So I take Cobb. You can have bullet.
1: So we're both going D on this week. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And then the game score and winner. BJ, I'm going to let you go first. What's the score and the winner of the game? And just so everyone knows, on Bet Online, sponsor of this show, USC is currently, as we record this on Thursday, a 38-point favorite to win the game. What?!
0: 38-point favorite. Wow. Oh, my goodness. No respect, Nevada. I'm going to say the score would be, hmm, I'm going to go with 52 to 20. USC, of course. Yes. SC, yes. My bad.
1: So 38, I'm just six points off of that 38 spread. So, guess what? We're going to be really close here because I've got 52 okay. 17 USC. All so, right. if Nevada hangs a little more with USC with the scoring spread, Brian will take the win. If not, I'll take the win. But either way, neither of us has SE covering that huge 38 point spread. I've got it 35. BJ's got it 32. So, in mm-hmm. the neighborhood, but not quite there. And then in the prop bet portion Nara's no doubter this week I think the defense has a rebound game so I'm saying USC is going to force at least two turnovers in this one against the Nevada Wolfpack BJ I need a fun name for your pick and what's it gonna be
0: hmm, let's see
1: how about the uh, uh hmm you know I'm
0: not very creative Nara. Nara excuse me let's see Let's go with the Brian Bomb prediction. The BBP. All
1: right, Brian Baum prediction. Let's hear it. My bomb prediction is I don't believe USC allowed a sack last week, did they? USC actually allowed two sacks.
0: Oh, they sacks did allow one. two sacks. They got the, they got them to them that twice. Okay, my bad. All right. I'm gonna say my prediction is USC has you, you went turnovers, am I correct? I said SC would force two-plus turnovers. Two-plus turnovers. All right. I'm going to say Nevada will force at least two turnovers.
1: Wow. So you think SC is going to cough up the ball a little bit? Yes.
0: Yes. Listen, there's some pieces on this defense coming back, and Ken Wilson is a defensive guy. He was co-DC there at Oregon. I think there's some pieces that he's brought in into this program that are going to assist in that area. So I'm going to say they have at least two. They force at least
1: two turnovers. That's the Brian Bomb prediction. The BBP. All right. So to recap our predictions for the SC versus Nevada game, players we believe in, both going on the defensive side of things. I'm going with the safety, Kalen Bullock. Brian Jones taking the linebacker, Mason Cobb. For the game score, very close. I have 52-17 Trojans. B.J. going 52-20 U.S.C. And in the prop bet, Nara's no doubter is that U.S.C. will force 2-plus turnovers, while Brian bomb prediction, the B.B.P., is that Nevada will force 2-plus turnovers. So direct head-to-head there. So we will see how these turn out. Of course, this is the Everything U.S.C. podcast on Believe. I'm your host, Nara Wang. And my guest today, Brian Jones, CBS College Football analyst and my old pal from back in our nfl europe broadcast days and of course the former linebacker in the pros and at the university of texas and that school cross town from usc <laughs> you can find this show wherever you subscribe download and rate your podcast apple spotify google amazon tune in and more or go to the website believe.com b-l-e-a-v.com on social media at believe network for me, I'm on X or Twitter, at Nara Weng Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. BJ, where do they catch up with you? Jones N
0: for J-O-N-E-S, N, the letter N, that is, the number four, M-O. Jones N for on the Twitter and IG.
1: Hey everybody, Marcus Grant here from the NFL Network. Hope you're enjoying the Everything USC podcast with my longtime friend Nara Wang on the Believe Network. Believe in Trojan sports and fight on. And finally, the last segment is, of course, the big story in college athletics, conference realignment, USC moving to the Big Ten after this school year, being joined by UCLA and now Oregon and Washington. Four other Pac-12 schools going to the Big 12. All of this craziness happening in the last year or so. Your alma mater, Texas, joining Oklahoma in a move to the SEC, which kind of started off this latest round a couple of years ago of this realignment. So first of all, how do you, Brian Jones, feel about USC moving to the Big Ten after this season?
0: Well, from a tradition standpoint, you know, it stings. But tradition be damned. This is all about getting that bag, as Dion said, there in Colorado, as other coaches have alluded to. And everyone is attempting to maximize their revenue. It was a no-brainer for USC and UCLA, man. I mean, they were bringing in about, what, 25 each year from their broadcast deal there in the Pac-12. And now that increases by $50 million. So it's about following the money. And that's what these teams are doing. That's why you continue to see the, the, the movement of the plate tectonics. They're shifting. They will continue to shift. Because you're trying to align yourself with the most beneficial economic situation, while also keeping and continuing that cachet as far as your brand and and conference affiliation. That's where it stands. Uh, I think it's far from being over. Football is big time uh, business. Now, I don't have to tell you, man, it's second to the NFL and the popularity continues to grow. The fan bases were so loyal. We're not going anywhere. And so people are are monetizing on top of, you know, that scenario, that circumstance. And so our feelings get hurt because some of us are traditionalists, but you got to get over it because this is the landscape. This is the new game. It's Big time loot involved in college football, billion dollar industry. And when you get those type of dollars that are associated with this sport or any other category of business, it's going to rule the roost. And so that's what we have here. I'm fine with it. I, I'm cool with change. And we just have to uh, sit there and hope the product continues to be stellar. That's what I want to see. And, and if that becomes compromised, then we have an issue. But you can't put this uh toothpaste back in the tube. This is where we're headed. This is where we are. And this is where we continue to go.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned it earlier, the Pac-12 might become the pac none after this season. How shocking is the collapse of that conference?
0: I am just amazed that it has come to this point where the Pac-12 has been poached almost <laughs> into oblivion. And you just have to... Point to past decisions and and what the heck was going on in those meetings and the negotiations with the different uh, broadcast entities because I just feel like they dragged their feet. They were sitting there being reactive while everybody else was being proactive. And it's just, it's a shame that a storied conference such as the PAC 12 is now no more. Just unbelievable and unfathomable to a lot of us that it would come to this. This ending for this conference, uh, just amazing. I think it's over. You know, there's some some hope that they're hanging on to, they're trying to grasp upon, but I think they're done. It's just a tragedy that more wasn't done sooner. They weren't able to uh, get in and, and be more forceful in negotiating and creative as well, and try to uh, stave off what has occurred here of late.
1: Right. Once SC and UCLA made the decision to bail, they needed to go after San Diego State and SMU, add them to the conference, keep the SoCal TV market, add the Dallas TV market, and then pitch themselves to the media entities and get a new deal. But they dragged their feet, like you said, and this is what's happening. And if Stanford and Cal get into the ACC to turn the Atlantic Coast Conference into the All-Coast Conference, then that will be the death knell for the Pac-12 for sure. So is all of this realignment good for college football or college sports as a whole? As I said a moment ago, I hope it's good for college
0: football. A lot of traditions are going to the wayside. But when anytime you have this amount of, of largesse that associated with a business, traditions, uh, rivalries, all that be damned. Everyone's got to get their bag. And that's what they're doing. You're trying to maximize revenues. You're trying to seek out an ancillary Revenue streams, and everyone understands that this game is big money now. And now, with the uh, advent of NIL and the money that the young men, some young men, are garnering, as far as that's concerned, it's totally different. And I'm all for it. I've always been a big proponent of these young men benefiting from their production now instead of having to defer that till they got to the NFL. Yeah, that was even a possibility for them to to land an NFL spot. So it just makes such sense to me when you had, and my buddy Aaron Taylor says, it's the professionalization of college football. Well, no one was worried about that when coaches were bringing in five, six million dollars a year. They were getting contracts that are bigger than some professional coaches. And now that the kids are asking for their bag You know, there's a there's a pushback. Uh, People are recalling, oh, it's ruining college football. No, it's not ruining college football. College football will be fine as long as we keep the integrity of the game, uh, especially with gaming now seeping into this particular space. So I'm fine with it. I'm cool with change. I just hope the product doesn't uh, take a huge hit on the field. And thus far, it has not.
1: BJ. It is always great to talk to you, get your opinions on college football, and it's amazing to see how much things have changed in the last few seasons. So we'll see what happens, not just this week for SC against Nevada, but going forward as they move into the Big Ten. And again, always enjoy talking to you, Brian Jones.
0: Naro, thanks, man. Appreciate you, and you stay safe and continue to do
1: the grand work. I appreciate it. So. For my guest, CBS Sports College Football Analyst Brian Jones, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 83 of the Everything USC podcast, presented by Bet Online. On Believe, the place to find a sports pop culture show for passionate fan bases across multiple platforms. This is Believe, every team, every topic, everywhere. And as always, I end the show by telling you to remember to fight on.